Saturday, Sunday morning. This is What Does It All Mean podcast. I am your host, James Lewis. Tonight we're going to discuss one of my favorite topics, Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) So, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons is uh, responsible for a lot of the creativity that comes out of my head. And a lot of the things that I I, uh, I do in my life started from that game. Like, yeah, the creative process really started young. So, all right, let's get into it. Let's get into this Dungeons and Dragons. What does it all mean? What does it mean in the multiverse? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? <clears throat> So the second time I ever played Dungeons and Dragons, uh, I was around 14. Uh, if anybody wants to to hear the first time I played Dungeons and Dragons, send me a uh, send me a, a message and I will DM it to you because it's not appropriate for um, for ears. So, all right, the second time I played D and D, I was. About 14 years old, I had just met uh, three brothers, Tom, Daryl, and Brian, and uh, we were 12, I was 12, Daryl might have been 15, Brian was my age, Tom was probably 17, maybe 18, and uh, we all lived in the same apartment complex, and I would sleep over at their house, and that's what we do. We we play Dungeons and Dragons, and I was just obsessed with it, like completely obsessed. Once we started playing, you know, because what is Dungeons and Dragons? You know, for people that don't know, uh, you know, it's basically like a it's a role playing game, and you get to pretend that you're like wizards and barbarians and uh, clerics and thieves and you get to battle like trolls and dragons and all kinds of different things so it's it's a very creative uh outlet you know before that you before role-playing games you had like sorry you had risk you know and these were all family type games but i feel once dungeons and dragons came around it was uh something that you could really be more active with with your your players and and the people um, that are in the game. They help you create the game. So um, yeah. So th- basically, the first time I uh, I played, it, it was with those three brothers. And as soon as I got into it, as soon as like I my character was like a level nine, you know, because you have to build up build up from one to two to three and once you start to get to like nine you start to build up as soon as that happened two of the brothers uh got these acting roles 
and they were uh, they were extras in this show called The Wonder Years, and it was the first season of The Wonder Years, and uh, I didn't care about that show. I wanted my friends to come back, and I wanted them to to play uh, Dungeons and Dragons with me. So, uh, but now every time I watch the first season of um, the, and the second season of The Wonder Years, I see both Brian and and Daryl and. My friend Daryl actually forgot about that. Uh, Three Greg says, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I uh, visited quite a few. Nice. Uh, so yes, Fred Savage was on that. That was a great show. Great show. So uh, anyways, but my point was, they were in that show and they needed to be back with me playing Dungeons and Dragons and you can't really play it's not so much fun when you're playing with uh with one person you know like if you have two people because there's a dungeon master who is kind of the person that is in charge of the game telling the story and there's the players and when it's just the dungeon master and one player it doesn't it's okay but you want more players you, you need more players to um kind of help you know, beat the, the the problem at hand. Whether you're going to be exploring a dungeon, whether you're going to be fighting a dragon, if you just have one character, it's it's really not going to work. Because in real life, if you think about it, it's it's hard to tackle on huge problems like a dragon without the help of friends. So when you have the help of when I had the help of Brian, when I had the help of of Daryl, it was the three of us against you know, the, the problems in the game. And, uh, that's where the dungeon master can be creative. So Tom, my first dungeon master was just very, or sorry, second, uh, dungeon master was very creative. And, uh, it's awesome because you can start to tell your own little story. And in that, uh, however you see, this reality as a dungeon master you can paint that world for these players and then the players can add on to that as well so as a i've been both i've been a character and a dungeon master and i'll give you a prime example uh as a as a dungeon master i wrote this whole like three month you know adventure for for the people that i was playing with and one of the the kids was like a smartass, and he wanted to to kill one of his main characters, and in his party. And I was like, if you want to do that, go for it. So he rolled the dice. He 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 got what he needed to kill that person, and uh, there went my game. Then all of a sudden, we had to do three months of resurrecting that person, and not even knowing if we possibly could, because that's super hard to do. And then we had to do that. So that changed the whole outcome of the game where what I wanted to do never really even mattered. It never even existed. So it really does change, uh, you know, the, the player and the, the creator having ongoing development with each other. And that gives the dynamic of the game. And then what's going on, Michelle? Greetings. And, uh, you know, you have these, these different dice and these different dice, depending on what you roll, will give the outcome of whatever you try to do. 
So, um, it's interesting because, you know, the plots really do develop around everyone in the game and, and how everyone uses, uh, their skills as a team to combat things in life that, you know, say a dragon, we'll just use a dragon. So... I'll just give you a couple facts. In 1974, that's when Dungeons and Dragons was created. I was negative two. Uh, that's really all I got about the facts. They're they're uh, off the top of my head. In the 80s, there was a cartoon, and uh, it was an amazing cartoon. They they talked about just all kinds of problems. Uh, one example, there was a, a plane that flew into the Dungeons and Dragons world and it, it came from World War II and uh, I think this guy was fighting Nazis and to think, to see that as a kid, you, you don't really think about it. You think about, oh, whoa, what, what is this? This is awesome. This is a cool creative story. But when you realize as an adult that they are tackling on, <clears throat> you know, World War II and, and you know, the Holocaust through cartoons and through Dungeons and Dragons, that, that, that is an amazing thing, you know, and, uh, it's fun, it's fun watching things at different stages of your life, I can't wait to see when I'm like 80 or 90 what the cartoons or the movies that I was watching when I was a kid still tell me now or at the present time, so... I think the greatest thing about Dungeons and Dragons, D&D, we would play for days. Exactly. And, you know, it, it, with your family, you could play it with your family. You could, you just wanted to play with everybody. You know, I did personally. And I, I remember I got to the point where, uh, like I said, so Tom and, and Daryl and, and Brian just got so, I think once, uh, Tom, uh, Daryl came back from the Wonder Years, then he, his appendix busted so then like we just never ended up playing so I remember time went by where I just bought my own books got my own stuff and then I started to be the dungeon master and then I would start to bring the kids in and I would tell the stories and uh you know that's when things changed for me because I was really the one that was in control and instead of being the player you know I was I was the master I was the dungeon master and uh there's a lot of fun in that and it, and it at a young age, at such a young age, it really does create, uh, like, it gives you the tools to really create stories and, you know, like a Tolkien-esque universe, which, you know, I wouldn't know how to do if I didn't play Dungeons and Dragons. And in the back of my head, if I really wanted to write a knockoff generic Lord of the Rings, I could, because I've written so many adventures through Dungeons and Dragons, and that in itself is a pretty amazing thing. So, uh, you kind of do. You, you are your god of the universe. Three Greg says, playing god. <clears throat> you kind of are. You know, you are the, the master of that domain. So, anyways. Uh, but I think one of the cool things that it, it does is when you have different people, it's kind of like, you know, as I became 12, I had to find other kids to play with me, you know, and I had to go out into the neighborhood and, and physically find these kids like Tyler 
and and Tanner and say, "Hey, come into my come into my house," and and it's almost like starting a band. You know, you get these these groups of people that do different things. You know, like you have a cleric that will heal you. You know, and you have like a you know a wizard that will just cast spells to to stop the the monsters. And all these different things have aspects in them, like putting a band together it's the same thing you know a guitar player will will have that high treble sound and the bass will have that low you know undertone that you don't understand and and then the drum just it's it all works together as one it's kind of like a metaphor for life though you know it's a total metaphor for life if if i can put a group of people together in a dungeons and dragons campaign and we all work together to figure out what the problems are that's the metaphor for life then you know when i create a company when i create a team it's the same thing i want to find people that are going to be that cleric that are going to be that wizard whether it be a t-shirt company whether it be a tech company whether it be you know a, a children's book company i want people around me that will create that little Dungeons and Dragons motif and that started from playing this this silly game that turned into this crazy almost religion you know you see these people with the the cosplay now that are just like it's on a whole other level like when I started playing when I was a kid it was it was big in the 80s it was super big but I think now especially with the pandemic it blew up so people were bored as shit they had nothing to do you know, and they just started playing Dungeons and Dragons. So uh, it brings people closer together. It, it forces people to sit in a room and be creative. And I think that's the that's the lesson. That's the biggest lesson for me is how to sit around in a room with people and come up with creative solutions to hard problems. That's it. If we could do that in life, if we could have if we could do that, if we could get a whole bunch of politicians to sit around and play Dungeons and Dragons, maybe life, you know, what's going on, Peter? Uh, maybe life would be, uh, you know, a little bit, I don't know, more fulfilling instead of just take, 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 take. So being a DM, good storytelling captive. Uh, yes, yes. Captivate your audience. Like, uh, you do with your music. Oh, thank you. Do it. Did it shape your ideas control over uh, your life at a young age? Yes, it definitely did. That, that's the thing I'm saying. Like, like as soon as I found Dungeons and Dragons, I was like reading all the books. I was like completely just diving into books. And at 10, 11, 12, you don't even want to read. I didn't want to read at that age because, you know... Uh, the teachers will just give you shitty books to read that you don't really want to, that you don't care about. But all of a sudden, I have these, these Dungeons and Dragons, these Star Wars books that I was just busting through, and that started, you know, t to get the creative juices flowing. Just like music, you know, you, you sit around, you do play the guitar constantly, constantly, constantly. Sooner or later, you're not going to suck. It's the same thing with, with writing and creativity. And I think by the time I was 18 years old, I, I suck. I, I actually, I went out and I found, uh, I seeked out 
Clive Barker because he was a he was a writer and he was so creative that I met with that guy and and he he had the uh, the childhood curiosity that never went away and I could see it in him and he could see it in me and that's where it you know I think that everybody has that within them but I feel that people choose to you know not want to roll the dice. They don't want to roll the dice, you know, and that's a whole thing in life. Roll the fucking dice. Take the chance, <laughs> you know, take the chance. Uh, my generation confused sci-fi and Mad Magazine. Hey, it can it can all be its own thing, you know, that that's the deal. When you're the dungeon master, if that's what you want it to be, you want it to be a sci-fi and Mad Magazine world, you can do that. It's the whole creative aspect behind it. And I think that's what's fun. And I think, yes, it did, uh, it did create my childhood curiosity and creativity. We never understood the idea of participating in the game. Well, like I was saying, the point is you have this, these rules, these certain rules, these dynamics that sit, uh, that fit into these, this, this hypothetical world and in doing that like uh i'll give you a prime example there's 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 um classes there's races there's um there's different things and uh like what your character is like i forget what it's called but we have these core things of our being like if you're a good person if you're a bad person, if you're a negative person, if you're a chaotic good person, if you're a chaotic evil person. So all these things, like say I'm a good person and and, uh, and there's a dungeon master, he's in control, I'm a player, I walk up and uh, there's just an, uh, like a, a girl sitting on the side of the road and she's got 50, 50 coins in her hand. And I walk up to her and I just, just slap her and, and take the money. Okay, and I'm supposed to be good. Well, at that point, I got to roll the dice, and if I don't roll like a twenty, I'm my character class is the my morals going to have to change. So then I would have to be it would it would drop to like chaotic neutral, and then eventually, if I kept making those moves, I would be like chaotic evil, and that teaches you things about life as well. You know, the way you handle things. If you if you walk out and, you know, you're a shitty person to people, you're kind of chaotic evil, aren't you? If you're nice to people and you help people, you know, you're good. It keeps you balanced and checked. You know, it keeps you in check. Because I think that we all want to be good. And yes, people want to be trolls. People definitely troll. I met some guy trolling on this this uh, this little website, and that was his thing. He got off on trolling, and uh, in D and D, there's tons of trolls. So, a troll can be a problem. It can be a person. It can be a a, a thing, a a monster in the game, and depending how you deal with that troll, is how you you deal with your your internal self which is sounds stupid but it's true so 
Exactly, Michelle says, but just in life, the game needs good and evil, and that's it. So you have the evil classes, you have the good, and, and that manifests its own world. So these things of, you know, Dungeons and Dragons have, has started its own things, like LARP, which is like a live action role play, you know, like these things really exist. And uh, now people, they, they go out into, uh, you know, the woods or wherever, and they dress up and they basically play Dungeons and Dragons, but in, uh, in, in full garb, and they do it. And I would love that. I'm all for it, but I just don't have time for that. But uh, my first character, let me get into my first character, because I'm just going to nerd out a little bit. My first character was named Leiden, okay? Does anyone know where that might have came from? Leiden. It's really generic, but I was a kid, you must remember. So, my first character was... I'll give it a second, I'll give it a second. This is totally dorky. Okay, so Leiden, at that time I was super, even as a kid, I was 12, I was super into punk rock music, and uh, Johnny Rotten, okay, everybody, yes, you got it, Three Greg, Three Greg got it, you got it, if that was a, if that was a uh, trivia contest, you would have won, it was, it was definitely Johnny Rotten, and that, it was his first name, so, um, the people that I played with, they didn't know about that, but, you know, it was like a dro elf, and, uh, this is where we're going to get into a whole different thing. So you have the races. So as a, a race, I usually played like the most outcast person that you could be. And I would be like this dro elf. And, and if you really start to get really nerdy about Dungeons and Dragons, uh, there's this Drist de Urden guy who is basically the star of Dungeons and Dragons and why is he the star because he's just the most outcast person in the underworld he's the most just shunned out pe like person that has ever existed and his skin's like dark black like he, he his hair's white he's got this crazy like just panther looking thing named Guinevere and and at that point you're I step into that those shoes of how that outcast person would be, how I would be treated in the society, how, you know, maybe being black, like the color of my skin in this, this game depicts how I'm treated in my life. Huh. At 12 years old, thinking about that is a, is a weird thing, you know, and, and getting older in life, it gets more real and more real and more real. So the things that that I learned in Dungeons and Dragons as a young child really reflected how I deal with things in my life now. So everything about it really shaped it. And uh, it made me want to sit around and, and just roll the dice and hang out with kids. And uh, not so much kids, but people my own age, you know? And <clears throat> another thing about it is like, what do you do? You know, you start from level zero. You, you know, you're like on level zero and you go out and you seek out adventures, you seek out fun. And as you do that, along the way, there might be 
roadblocks. There might be a troll again and you know, you might have to fight that. And when you fight that, you start to build up these adventure points, uh, sorry, experience points. And when you do that, you, you start to level yourself up. So in life, it's like that, you know, whether you're playing the guitar, whether you're playing the piano, whether you're learning to be a mechanic, whether you're being an astronaut, you're always trying to level up. So we all start at level zero and boom, you know, to be that astronaut, what do you got to do? You got to go to, you know, to flight school or, or to these different, and you're just, you keep leveling up until you're on the goddamn moon. And, and that's it. All of these things just give you proper solution building skills to handle life itself because that's all it is it's uh, you know what is what is being good at life it's learning how to do shit really quick that's it on the fly how can you do shit quick and how do you learn how to do these things so punk knights of the holy pistol pistols of sex that's that's hilarious that's hilarious and yes you can do all of that that's the whole thing Oh, my mom's going on. What's going on? She bought me many Dungeons and Dragons books. I'm sure that she'll remember that. I went through the really hardcore creative period of uh, of doing that. So, all right. So I'll break down the, the, the troll thing one more time. I had a troll recently that was, he, he came on my, my feed and said something like, uh, I, I did a Sid Barrett, uh, my bloody Valentine little, just stupid video of me singing golden hair, the song golden hair. And I wasn't singing it. It was, it was just something that I took audio out of and somebody just chimed in that I didn't know cause the video started to go viral. It, and they said like, you know, Sid Barrett and somebody from the other band would be rolling over in their grave if they saw this. And I was just like, there we go. Here's the troll. Here's, here's my dynamic. Here's my, all of a sudden my head's going to explode because someone's trying to call me out. Well, how do I handle the, the troll? Do I just straight block the guy and don't, you know, don't let him speak? Do I pretend that he doesn't exist? Or do I take it head on? Like, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna roll the dice. And, and I rolled the dice and, and instead of being mean, I just asked him, I think I, first I did some emojis and then I just kept being myself, kept being me. And he kept trolling, kept trolling. And I just met him with love and understanding. And he finally just gave up. And he sent me a message and he was like, man, like, I don't get it. You know, he's like, I really do come from this place of, of trying to, to troll people and trying to get underneath their skin. And he's like, basically it didn't work with you. You're, you know, you, you came from that love place. <clears throat> and I said, of course. And, and then to come to find out he's a musician and then a musician that had never like created something and put it out into the world and it just so happened I know how to do that so now this troll that came at me in this negative way is going to be on my little stupid record label and I'm going to put out like an EP for this kid 
And at that point, I feel better about the way that I handled the troll because doing that, you know, instead of being mean to the person, I'm now going to have an ally in music uh, and, and to help anyone put their art out. Like, I feel good about myself doing that. So I'm super excited and, and I won that way, you know, and I, I don't always want to win, but I kind of do. You know, and so that's it. How do we handle the trolls? When I was younger, when I was 12, I did. I wanted to roll the dice and just hack everybody, hack everybody, hack everybody. But that's because I was younger. Now that I'm older, no. I, I want to understand these, these real trolls, these real problems. Side note, when you throw like a... a if you hit a, if you have a 20-sided dice and you, you throw the 20, oh, and you hit a 20, you could just do magical things. Oh my god, you felt like you were Superman. You really did. And one, one side note is, especially now, movies, they just seem so redone and rehashed and so just lacking the creativity that I think that's why Dungeons and Dragons blew up in, in, uh, in the, during the pandemic because the last 10, 15 years I feel that the, the movie industry cool, I'm back I feel that the, the movie industry has kind of been not so creative and so that leaves a, a, a lacking of entertainment for people so what do they want to do? They they definitely want to be more in touch with the the forum that they're doing, like this. We we can I can touch you guys, like I can touch you with the stupid phone. And it's the same thing with Dungeons and Dragons. I can literally throw my pencil at somebody. And uh, give me about three, Greg. Give me give me about ten more minutes, and then I'm gonna buzz you in. Okay. Unless I'm done. If I'm done, I'll buzz you in now. Because what happens is, the uh, the audio starts to get really jacked up. But, let me see. If I'm all done, we'll just, I'll buzz you in now. Let me look at my little cheat sheets in my notes. Yeah, I think we're good. <clears throat> I'm going live. What's going on? Let's do this. Are we in? There we go, dude. There you are. <laughs> there I am. The Lewises are back. Team Lewis, what's going Team on, brother? Lewis. All right. You know, it's fascinating because Dungeons and Dragons came along, you know, well after I, I was already in my adulthood, you know. I was like in my 20s, you know, and, um, and getting along with life. And it was a fascination that, you know, because you read about it, you saw the youngins playing it and stuff like what are you doing that's a card no it's dragons and it's creatures and it's we're traveling and we're doing all these things in their head and it's like wait a second it's in your head it's in your partner's head the other players heads and you all actually know the storyline exactly and i'm like oh yeah metaverse before metaverse right exactly um, exactly know, world was happening you know that they uh, are trying to create now that you can visually see it put it on a 
you know, in a goggle form was happening in their minds already. And what is fascinating is you probably are not aware of this. Well, maybe you are because you're very well educated in music is that that world is, was being created um, in progressive rock. Um, you know, so if you go back to the court of the Crimson King mm -hmm. and play that album, if that wasn't the backdrop scenario for Dungeons and Dragons, that's and amazing. Well, and everything look at Zeppelin, look at Zeppelin. All, okay. movies, you TV have like shows. Zeppelin talking about bringing Mordor and all these things. It's it, believe me, man. Like it, when you when you get into it, when you delve, when you jump into Led Zeppelin, there is so much of that in there, and it's it's that creativity. You know, it's Robert Plant just falling in love with Tolkien, and 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 that's what Dungeons and Dragons yes. came from. It came from Tolkien. Like they just know it. So. Everyone just wanted to recreate Lord of the Rings. He, he created this um, massive universe. And it was interesting is that Tolkien created that universe at the same time guys like uh, Herbert were creating the sci-fi universe. Do, you know, and, and, of course, uh, Asimov with uh, Foundation yes. will be uh, soon a, supposed to be a pretty good TV series on it coming up. Well, when I say TV, whatever network cable who knows you know but you get the point but the thing is that these can I, can I interrupt you just for a second my Ed. my my dad ed lewis okay he gave ed. me an isaac asimov book or maybe his wife did either one of them kathy or or they, they gave me that when i was 12 so like okay once again being, you know being that age like dungeons and dragons reading that kind of science fiction that shit was just blowing up my mind. And that's yeah. where that creative spark just ignited at a young age. Right. And, it, and I guess what I'm getting at is that, you know, for a lot of us, and, and as I said, I'm on, the, you know, I'm on the older side a little bit to you, to when you came along, but we all kind of got touched by this, you know, this, this shift. It went from kind of like this, this kind of plain narrative, right? And I'm not saying there was anything bad about it, past narrative it was the imagination was very limited to on the on the screen right mm -hmm. so it had to be good guy bad guy but it was basically shane you know yeah you know clint eastwood you know you had to have somewhere some hero who was able to outdraw everybody or fist fight everybody you know and, totally you know but there was never this idea before that you know that you could take this understanding of of good and bad and place it in a much more complex universe and if you tried to address vietnam for example i mean things that you know the vietnam war you know is like ah oh, you know fuck that shit I, it's too complicated and it's too serious and blah 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 and everybody would just simply say i'd rather not think about it but when you put a similar scenario for for example i'll give you for the sci-fi fans out there the forever war that was a sci-fi novel, you know. It was written about the Vietnam War, and of course, it was an incredible. It was funny. It was sat, you know, there was satire in there. There's all these serious things, but it was basically about two alien planets, like uh, the Earth, right? Just you know, running into another alien civilization, which was basically insect-based, and they were like, "Fuck it, we're going to war," right? Yeah, yeah. And and the book constantly takes chapter to chapter, just takes you. A hundred years later, still at war. A hundred years later, still at war. And all these that say, you know, all these social changes happen. And it's like this guy gets back from battling, you know, after like, you know, and he's been off Earth for seventy years, and he gets to the Earth, and he discovers that everybody's gay, 
and that's mandated because it's over world overpopulation. So they said, well, you know what? The only way to solve it is let's get gay. You know? Yeah. Like, what? Where, where, where? <laughs> oh shit, man! I don't know. Maybe and he's like, I'm just gonna head on the next, you know, freighter and get back into the war because I don't understand this world. Totally. Where else do you explore such ideas, you know, except for into this realm? And and I think that you know what you were talking about is that Dungeons and Dragons took it in, you know, away from just somebody else coming up and creating the narrative to you yourself creating the narrative. Exactly. You, involved and then learning these these concepts you know, you know what you were talking about teamwork uh, yeah. what really represents good and evil what are the moral dilemmas the ethical dilemmas you know that you face you know in a day-to-day -day life well you could actually that would all take place in the game setting and i think that was uh, as i said you know back you know when i was you know seeing it come about you know most adults said you know looney tunes you know they yeah. definitely did if you remember you know, it, it, I, I was going to touch on this, and it was the, the whole satanic thing. They, they oh, that oh god, yeah. remember that? People flipped uh, yeah. out, and there was like an ABC special where these kids are playing like Dungeons and Dragons, and all of a sudden they're in their suit in these yeah, sewers, right. and they're going to kill. Like it, it's it was all cooped out, and then it hit the news, and then it really kind of went viral, and then it got that whole just juju about it, this bad juju. And to me, I was well, that gamble had to change its logo. Because they got swept into it. Anybody who had that had a relationship to the stars, to anything that looked like you know um, uh, mystical, magical, which a lot of logos did because they thought it was cool back then, right? But they would then got dragged into this whole satanic universe that you're talking about, where the Christian right, you know, they just anything that deals with independent thinking. Yeah, Christian. That's, it. that's totally it. That's totally it. And look down here, Michelle said that she was, you know, she was told that she was a worship the devil because you know oh, she played. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh. And it's it's an, and, and by the way, I don't, I don't know how old Michelle was when this happened. It could be very traumatizing to be called that. Of course. Like, you know, you know, you, you know, if you grew up, let's say you were someone who went to church or temple, depending, or you know, well, whatever other religion you might practice your you know your 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 religion but the thing is that to be told that you are worshiping the devil at a young age <laughs> you're pretty say so wait wait you know you got us into wars you don't give a fuck about the environment um you know you know you know a lot of you people are you know being arrested later in life for perversion and raping children all that stuff yet yeah, we're the devil devil worshipers because we just believe in you know free thought and creativity nice i remember the first time that was said to me okay uh like i once again i really like the sex pistols at a young age i even like sid vicious i went through the sid vicious phase right so I was such oh, a, pictures such everybody say we want pictures we want oh see. god I, I i have them i'll post one i promise i'll post i have one where i'm just totally i'll Love post it. it you'll see so I remember I had the chain and the lock, like Sid Vicious. I was that oh. guy. I was that guy. And all my yeah, friends. Your hair, your hair was all short and everything, right? Yeah, yeah. And all my friends, they like they went to church like hardcore. And, and they had these church groups. And they're like, they're like, James, you're cool. You should come to the church groups. And I'm like, fuck it. I'll go. What do I have to lose? I don't give a shit. And then I show up with the chain, you know, and I'm fucking all punked out at like some church event. 
right there. They're just like, that kid, he's a fucking devil. Get him out of here. We don't want him here. And and I was already outcasted just because I liked Sid Vicious, who was, like, really not a bad person. He was just a misguided fucking youth that, like, got yeah. swept up in some fucking crazy shit at a young age, you know? Well, so that stuff of that era and you know it's like wait a second so you could worship elvis who was a pill popping i mean by the so way it's all it. the same yes different layers the exactly he dressed in weird sequin outfits and that was fine for them yes. you know what I mean? but you know suddenly chains and short hair oh my god conniptions all around it's amazing it's what people find offensive and and i, I i've talked about that the porno for pyros before we, i was just playing them and uh Dude, they, if you were to just on Instagram or Facebook, like label something porno for pyros, Zuckerberg and his team oh, yeah, would yeah, exactly. bar your ass. They'll yeah, they bar your ass because they feel that's the devil right there. And it's just <laughs> more creativity. Yeah. You know? it's, so it's, it's a good point how it really hasn't changed. You know, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, is really, I mean, if there was, I suspect one day we'll discover he is an alien, but oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> after alien, like, you know, the alien fucked a woman and they, Oh shit. You know, and they, I want to go back home. Oh God, baby. Him and Musk, him uh, and Musk, dude, him and Musk. Who's, who's host, Musk is hosting uh fucking uh, Saturday night live, which is just blowing my mind to think that Elon Musk is going to stand up there and try to fucking entertain me on any level is just, I don't know what to say, you know? It's just, in the end, you know, he always this and that, and he's a visionary. It's like, you know what? He's just a rich guy. Yes. And he, he woke up one day and said, yes. you know, a billion dollars and buy scientists to put build rockets. Yes. That's a clever idea. How come no one ever thought of it before? Well, actually, a lot of people did, but they just didn't give a fuck. Exactly. They didn't give a fuck. And Elon Musk goes, no, I give a fuck. And besides, the yep. future business in this. Yep. And and then Bessos and the rest, oh, we, we can build, you know, and that guy from, you know, England, whatever his name, Virgin Airlines guy. Yeah. You know, the guy who's 70 years old with naked 20-year-olds on his back. Oh, yeah, that's 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 a good image. Um, and, and, you know, by the way, all the Christian right that buy tickets on his airline – Right, you know, here's this guy saying, "I'm gonna fuck every little young woman I can find, and I don't give a fuck. I'm a billionaire, and I'm, I'll pay him." You know, look at me, I'm happy, good, lucky, sex, you know, playboy, and they're like, "Oh, that doesn't matter." But you and your fucking Dungeons and Dragons—that's it. <laughs> You're That's good. it. Hell, That's it. You think do. about think about that. Think oh, about yeah. the crazy Epstein. I'm I'm just because this is what's it all mean. Think about the Epstein Island. Think about I, I just saw this other guy that had an island. He's a documentary on HBO. It's the same thing. That the shit yeah, that they're crooked. doing is so yeah. crooked that like you your mind can't even fathom that because I'm too I think as normal people, we're too fucking innocent, okay? Like we really are. And when you start yeah. to hear these really big elaborate stories which I've talked before about how it's disinformation, how some of these stories from back in the day have now been turned into like shit that just can combatten us on all other levels, but that's all disinformation. And once again, that goes back to the trolling, you know, and, and people just love the troll. They love to get a fucking rise out of you. By the way, isn't it amazing? The word is troll. I know. I love it. I love it. Because, and, like, you see why I keep using it too? It's a powerful word. It truly is.
what's a troll? Well, you know, it's like a little, it's, it's either a small monster or a big monster hiding under a bridge or standing in front of it going like, yeah, you can't come here unless I club you on the head, you know? Why exactly. do you want to club the head? I don't metaphor. Know. It's a troll. metaphor. Yeah, Definitely it's a metaphor. metaphor. Yeah. Fascinating. Somebody here asked about Morrissey. I wonder, I wonder if that gets to the fact that he, his his politics are something to the effect of you know I, I guess a little bit to the right wing of things you know um, he, you know and 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 I don't think you know when we talk about musicians you know we should like bring in their other life unless they're like you know rapies or you know or people who uh, do really awful evil things you know and and end up in jail I think you got to just let it go I mean well who, it all depends with Morrissey you got to think about this. I mean, his whole thing is just preaching, right? He's just a preacher. Yeah. He goes out there, here, don't eat meat, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. And then all of a sudden, you know, for a very long time, he was like kind of on the, the youth, the, the people that were were like the undertone, people that I was talking about the earlier in the show, the, the people like the dro else, you know, the underground people that feel misunderstood. He was for those people for the longest time. And then all of a sudden, about two or three years ago, he <laughs> comes out on some talk show and fucking plays and has some white Aryan fucking pen. And yeah. then they he, ask him about yeah. it. And he's like, yeah, I'm all for it. And he's, then fucking two days later, he doubles down and he goes, yeah, why can't I be proud of the white race? So that's where you have a fucking problem. Because the white race went around killing and fucking up everybody. So right. I feel well, Morrissey should shut his fucking it, mouth. And right. And I think what she's talking about is The Simpsons, because The Simpsons just had this great episode, and it was all about that, how the young Morrissey, like, fucking, like, Lisa finds the young Morrissey, and basically she has this ideal of what he is, so he shows up in her head, and basically she falls in love with Morrissey because he hates everything. Then they go to a, a the festival and see the real Morrissey and he's not a vegan at all. He's actually shooting sausages into the crowd. And he's this big fat piece of shit. And that's really what Morrissey turned into. So yes, but Morrissey and Dungeons and Dragons would be a fucking troll like no other, you know? <laughs> and that's it. But it, it doesn't mean you don't like his songs. You know what I mean? Oh, when I get the Smiths, dude, I, I'll be honest. Morrissey was my second concert. I saw The Creatures, which is like Susan yeah. the first. Morrissey was my second. So dude, you, you think, dude. dude, right above me, there's a Morrissey pillow, okay? And the reason why, there's a pillowcase above me right here. And wait, I'll wait, show you a, why. Wait, wait, keep on going. Keep on going. Okay, we're there. Now. Oh, my God. There's a pillowcase. You see that? You, okay. you. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get into it. You put a levitate pillowcases. So, yeah. So you see that? Behind the world. I mean, the okay. rest or in awe. Now, the, the reason that I bought that is because... Why is I'm there a pillowcase? He's not answering the question. Why is there a pillowcase on his ceiling? Oh, because I used to have... <laughs> ...room, and so I was trying to... Uh, love you, Peter. I would try to I would try to bounce the, the sound. You know, you were just trying to balance the sound. So <laughs> off the drums. So, but nice. anyways, if you saw that, do you see this? Yes. Love you, Peter. Love you. Now, do you see this design? It's very yep. similar to what you see up there, okay? Yeah. Like, so Morrissey's group, they're, they're, they're freaking people. They, they, it was this design, and I also have a, a stupid Hurt in the Heartbeat um, just, just uh, poster that I have, and it was really generic, and it was weird, like, about seven years ago, and they took that, too, their creative team, they took that, 
and they, they used it for their own shit. So I what? went in and I just went to go see Morrissey and I looked up and I saw that and then I saw my poster and I was like, what the fuck? I bought them both. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a picture of the Wait, poster. Buy your own poster? Wait, I bought it. I bought my own poster just because I was, I, I was shocked. My mind was shocked. And then I went and saw him and I was very disappointed. Even the guitar player was just doing these weird things that I just, I, I could, I was embarrassed for everyone. Oh. But you see, that, 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 that plays out too, because I mean, that's pretty funny. It's like, I don't, I'm embarrassing you. They're like, we're making money. You know, you oh, they, they, dude, the place is sold out, sold yeah. out wrapped around the building. Yeah. That guy doesn't but, give a shit. You no, know? it's the world he's in now, but it, you know, but it was like the whole thing about Wagner. And Wagner, you know, he well, first off, there were no Nazis in his time, so he can't be a Nazi. Was he anti-Semitic? Yes. Did he only hire three conductors for his music who are all Jewish because he wouldn't have anybody else do it because they're the only ones who could do it besides himself as well? Yeah, that too. So what do you do with that? You know, he wrote about, you know, wrote things, fucking Jews, this and that, right? At the same time, he's like, whoa, 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 you know, get Ben and Moshe over here because they're the only ones who can do my music right, you know? Totally. So, you know, totally conflicted, totally, uh, you know, fucked up. But I would never, you know, the Israelis, you know, they don't, you know, because the Nazis love Wagner so much, they wouldn't have him played. And then Zoom and Maida said, you know what? I'm going to play Wagner. I'm gonna conduct it here in Tel Aviv and fuck you all, you know? Yeah. It's like, cause he's a part of the historical context of the music that we're listening to. It's like, you can't, what he was basically saying is one, hey, you know, I know he was a little bit anti-Semitic, but I also know the true history and also know that he worked with Jews constantly, musicians, because they were Jewish and they were the ones who could take his music to the ultimate, you know, um, you know um, playing and, you know, you know, the guy was, you know, there's conflicts there, right? He was an, he was an ignorant man in some ways, but also, you know, he cared more about the music and he didn't give a fuck. They're Jewish. Fine. They're playing it. And he said, well, that's what I'm doing. I don't give a fuck about all the politics you want to play out here. Yeah. The fact that is, this was a very important man in the history of music and he changed a lot of things and it's okay for you to listen to the, to the people who came after who were influenced by Wagner then why can't you play Wagner? And yeah. so I think that, you know, you take these complex issues in music, you know, because it's come up in many ways and you just have to be a little bit, you know, I don't give a fuck what Morrissey thinks. I don't give yeah. a fuck. All it okay. takes can I cut you? I, the one thing I've never asked you and you've been on my show like three times, right? I don't think I've ever asked you the one question. And remember, I've only got about I, seven minutes. All right, I'm not, I'm not admitting to anything. I wasn't there, I didn't do it, and you can't prove it, motherfucker. No evidence. I'm sorry. What, what does it all mean? What does it all mean? Well, you know what? First off, there's no answer to the question what it all means. What there is, though, what there is, though, is meaning. What is the meaning of each thing in, that occurs in your life? Everything has meaning. You know, it's how you interpret it and how you, you know, explore it, you know, what you're doing right now. You say, what is, what, what does it all mean? I think, you know, I think what you, what we're, the only answer I can come up is that's the good question. That's a great question. That's the ultimate question. And <laughs> keep on asking it. It doesn't just get one answer. You just gotta, every situation, everything, everything you're exploring right now. Yeah. You gotta talk about that. You gotta ask what does it mean? What did it mean in this particular context? Everything is, you know, changes within time, place, context. History, you know, when you look at things, you say to yourself sometimes, how do they ever think like that? 
I mean, what, what the hell was going on in their heads to think that Hitler was a good idea, right? Totally, totally. You know, then you come to our era and you go, what were these people thinking that Trump was a good idea? You know what I mean? Exactly. That come from? And right? still do, and still yeah. do. But you have to, then you look and you say, well, there were different situations. There's no comparison. There, you know, and you might have had similar personalities, except for one thing is for damn sure. Trump never put six million Jews into a fucking gas chamber. Yet, yet. I mean, you got to think. Okay, when when when, when, I'm, when Hitler started. I'm, okay, I'm, he started like, way back he, in the '30s, and his well, shit like blew up later. So I don't want to get, dude. We'll do a whole show on Hitler. We'll have to do a whole fucking show on Hitler because. I but I. But I'm just. It's but a I'm, fascinating subject. Hitler is a fascinating subject on so many different levels. You know, true. first of all, I'm German, you know, so uh -oh. no, that's, that's like, why do I have the devil inside me? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that the no, devil's no, no, inside. No, 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 no. So, also came up with Beethoven, Mozart. Well, oh, he, totally. So, so there's a lot, you know, Goethe. Uh, there are a lot of great Germans who have nothing but the opposite of Hitler in them. So you our can't. Whole, our whole NASA, our whole NASA is uh, that one. Yeah, yeah, German scientist. I forget his name. We stole him. Yeah, yeah, we stole that motherfucker, and that's why NASA is what NASA is because of that. We would not be doing the shit right now. And that see, this is the whole thing. Back to Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, what does it all mean in that? Five minutes. Yeah, what does it mean in that? I think, like I was saying before, it really it is the creative process to give you the problem solving, you know, tools to handle the dragons, handle the trolls, handle the, the issues in life that fucking slow you down. And when you have those tools, you can do anything. You can start a band, you can start a company, you can fucking try to get politicians to sit around and, and play Dungeons and Dragons. If I could do that, if I could get Joe Biden and fucking Chinese president, all these fucking people to roll the 20, I feel that things would be better because then they could walk in each other's shoes. But you're beginning to see that. I, I see a question here, you know, uh, can we prevent, you know, I see that um, the bad things that we're referring to. And, and the answer is, yeah. I mean, it's exactly what we're talking about. Biden right now, for example, is not the Biden who existed 20 years ago. He's very progressive. He wasn't 20 years ago, you know, but he's also 80, you know, approaching his 80s he doesn't give a fuck he's gonna be dead soon enough and that's what's a trip it's a yeah trip. it is and you say okay so he just you know the whole armenian um you know genocide you know he, everybody else you know was like oh we don't want to piss off the turks and he's like you know well first off we're not pissing off all the turks well you know turkey is a big country a lot of people do believe there was some genocide like a lot of us believe there was american native genocide here in the good old us of a right well same yeah. there he didn't want to piss off, everybody else didn't want to piss off the leaders of that country, right? You know, which usually is the military, this current stage, it's Erdogan. And you know what Biden did? He said, ah, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. What do you do? Fuck you, suck my dick. See, I love you. Great. Your country committed genocide. Yeah. You know, I'm saying you did. You it's know, punk you, rock. It's punk yeah. rock. He really is. Punk. And he, he don't is. give up. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You no, know, I love it. I, I really do. Erica, you know, he, and, dude, and, and, everything, trans rights. He's just like, he's taking it to the, the, the extreme. Okay, so I just want to read this. Uh, she says, Julia says, how, 
how do Dungeons and Dragons fight evil? So in the game, like if I was playing, right, this would be the whole deal. So this is the metaphor. So say I'm with five of my friends. One is a cleric, one is a fighter, one is a mage, and we all have different powers, and we're all like, playing this game. And the whole problem is there's this evil, you know, say another wizard-type character, and he's holding a princess, you know, locked up in a deal and you need to get a certain ruby to fit in this one staff to, to free her and once you complete all these tasks and you finally go and fight the wizard uh your whole team needs to work together as the you know say that the the, the uh, barbarian goes and starts to beat the shit out of that wizard well that that wizard's going to be so powerful that they're going to jack you up so then your cleric's going to have to heal you so everyone's going to have to work together as a team to slay the dragon fight the so problem stop hitler stop the fucking things that are chaotic in the world mutually beneficial relationship with um a common enemy that only through teamwork is going to solve the issue and dungeon yeah. and dragons the answer to the question is dungeon and dragons give people the communication tools to confront these things and that's it you know i mean yeah. You know, you know, either, of course, you work well enough together and as a group and you bring all sides together that you do confront that or you do get run over by evil. Exactly. That's it. So, okay, in closing, I got this new song by this chick, Gal Musette. Dude, oh. I've been in love with the okay. song. What's it's the song? called Honeymoon. It's so fucking good because we only got like, I got like, I'm going to shut it left, you know. We'll, we'll talk again. I'm just going to listen. I'm, dude, I'm stoked you came in again. All right, I'm going to have to cut it. I love you, Greg. Thank you for freaking coming in. I love everybody here. What does it all mean? Roll the dice. Roll the dice, everybody.